welcome to Happy and Succeeding at Work and the future of work. And the future of work is in my remote home here, my remote office. Welcome to my remote office. Pretty, pretty, pretty swanky, huh? Yeah, you have a good view of it. Is this great? Just chill out here. It's gonna be hard to do work with this, with this beautiful little stream in front of the house. You know, nice skies, great view. But oh, wait, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about today. If you haven't, if you haven't been following the news, so yesterday, Elon Musk was tweeting up a storm. And to give you some backdrop, he invested uh, in Twitter, about 9.2% of the stock, making him the largest shareholder of Twitter. And if you haven't noticed, Elon Musk is not shy. <laughs> He's very free to share his opinions. So as you can imagine, once he had almost, you know, come, you know, 9.2% or what have you, he felt, okay, this is my company now. I'm in control, or at least that's how he was acting on Twitter. And he was offering his suggestions of what to do about Twitter. And so some, some, some seem to make sense. Some, I'm not sure what he was doing, because in addition to being a brilliant, you know, engineer, he has kind of a, you know, sophomore childish sense of humor, which I guess makes him endearing. And one of the things he offered was an edit button. Another thing he offered was to get rid of the W out of Twitter and rename it Titter. Now, I don't know why he would do that. I'm not sure what it is, whether it's just like he would use numbers like 420 or 69 and kind of giggle like a child when he would do this, or is it Titter meaning the old school, old colloquialism of, you know, making somebody blush or a, it's all in a titter, like, oh my gosh, what's happening here? Um, he also, he also said that because while Jack Dorsey was the CEO of Twitter, he proclaimed that during the pandemic, everybody could work remotely forever. So then when I presumably Musk walked into the offices, you know, big skyscraper in San Francisco, you know, you expect a little bit of a hustle bustle, you know, even if it's a hybrid, but it seems it was a ghost town. And since nobody seemed to be there, he called upon Twitter to say, hey, let's make this a homeless shelter because we have so much room. So, so this, was, this was his weekend activities. So, so, so far, what do you think? So an edit button, which seems, that's kind of cool. Homeless shelter, if you're serious, would be really nice. Titter, I'm not really sure if that really makes much sense. Uh, and uh, what do you think? Is, is, he, is he posturing? Is he kidding around? Is he going to go for a hostile takeover? What do you all think? It's interesting after all that, he informed the board that he wouldn't accept the, the board position. And the board position would have capped his role at 14.9%. But now that he's not on the board, he can buy up as much as he, as he wants. Which is so do you think that his goal would be a hostile takeover and saying, thinking that, hey, if, if I really want to get my stuff done with Twitter, 
I have to own even maybe more than 9% and bring aboard some other allies, like maybe Peter Thiel, uh, who's also a billionaire. He's one of the folks who famously backed Facebook early on and started Planter and some other companies. So maybe he's going to have some other alliances and just, just, just you know, take complete control over the company. Do, do you think that's a possibility? I definitely find it interesting that uh, Parag Agrawal, the current CEO at Twitter, urged people to tune out the noise as there will be distractions ahead, which is very ominous. <laughs> when you say distractions ahead, that means, oh, yeah. we can't get rid of this guy. Oh, no, what do we do? Yeah. And then Musk had responded. I think he since then deleted it with like an emoji with the hand covering the mouth. So. <laughs> or could it be this because there's always been questions about him flouting the laws the securities and exchange laws and so far like nothing really happened to him but do you think because i seem to remember there there was some something maybe he said or did and i could could be completely wrong so musk don't sue me if i'm wrong about this i'm just trying to recall um that he couldn't maybe be on the board of directors because some of the things he's done I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. I could be completely wrong, but you got to wonder maybe whether there's some SEC stuff that maybe prohibited prohibited him from being a director. I'm not yeah. sure, but I do know that he was 11 days late and publicly declaring that he had amassed like this large stake at Twitter. And there's a law that requires uh, investors to notify the SEC when they've surpassed five percent which would have been March 14th, and he surpassed that by 11 days. So I wonder if there will be SEC um, ramifications for that as well. And then when he initially filed as like a passive investor, and um, since then he he's changed it to active, but when he was passive, he purchased up to like 63.5 million shares. So I am curious to know if um, there will be any SEC uh, fallout from just this uh, investment alone. It's, it definitely makes things interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it playing out like an episode of Succession, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is gonna be like an ongoing saga of how it's gonna play out. Uh, all right, my, my bet is this, I don't think he's gonna walk away. I think Twitter is basically, you know, the, the town square in modern day era. It's the one place where you have journalists, you have financial professionals, you have people from all walks of life sharing their views. And over the last couple of years, there's been on, you know, let's say the more conservative side, the right side, if you will, because everything unfortunately degenerates into politics and tribesmanship, which is horrific. I hate that, but it does. This is what happens. And they say that, hey, we're being censored. We can't really speak freely. We're getting kicked off platforms such as Twitter. And with Elon Musk, it could level the playing field. And Musk has on many occasions basically promoted free speech and being able to talk about whatever you want to talk about, whether it's you know, going against the narrative of vaccines and what could happen with adverse reactions to vaccines and so on. And he's a big champion of that, of free speech. So I... I don't see him kind of walking away from this fight. Then also, I think all these billionaires try to one-up each other. Think about it. Elon Musk is sending rockets to the moon. So what happens? So Bezos is sending, you know, rockets to the moon. Uh, I mean, to space or wherever they're sending rockets to, you know, Sir Richard Branson. And so it's almost like one, they all have to one-up each other. 
And Jeff Bezos has the Washington Post as his kind of uh, uh, newspaper arm to get his voice across, presumably. And then Musk, then actually, if you think about it, will get you have Twitter to get his voice across. Uh, because if you have control over mass media, think about it. Uh, Musk and Tesla and SpaceX and Boring and his other companies really don't have a big marketing team. You don't see television ads for it and other things that you would for other products because he has such a high profile. So imagine if you're on Twitter, what kind of high profile that would be to help him to sell cars and SpaceX and Boring and whatever other kind of things he wants to do. So, so what do you think about that angle? That is really also a way for him to just have a huge platform to promote himself and all his companies. I think that's actually why he may have turned down the board position because corporate board members typically share their suggestions privately, which might not, which might have meant that Musk would have had to like stop tweeting about his ideas for Twitter. So it would have diminished his voice yeah. and he can't have that. He's Elon Musk. So yeah. <laughs> that could be a reason as to why he ultimately turned down the board position. Yeah. If, if, if I may add my uh, two Doge coins to the conversation. <laughs> I see what um, you did there. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you all bring up very good points. And my thought is this, you know, it remains to be seen. I mean, who knows what's behind his doings here? But what I do think is the fact he was 11 days late, as you mentioned, Christine, um, uh, putting out, you know, that, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to join the board, et cetera. I think all these things were all pre-planned and he has his design and plan all you know, outlined. And these are just all pieces of it as it's going to you know, transform. And we're gonna, it's gonna take time to find out. Of course, because like, you're not gonna spend hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars on a whim. And you know, he didn't get where he is by just, you know, he, he tries to come across kind of silly and goofy, but clearly the guy's really bright. And yes. you know, he has a whole team of law firms and lawyers and accountants and tax accountants behind him. So it's, yeah, so these are things you don't do lightly. Although it does seem like he's very free to try to push the envelope and do, you know, you know, and, and maybe file something, maybe not perfect, and hope that he'll just get away with it with his, you know, aw shucks attitude. Yeah. But then there's ramifications to that. I know Jake Clayton did an interview where he said he, like Musk could potentially have to pay back like $11 a share for, uh, to like to each shareholder or whatnot. Cause during that time he amassed like $156 million in him staying quiet about upping his, uh, his stake from 5%. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting. Cause he's, he definitely tries to, um, he doesn't let restrictions stand in his way, right? Okay. He seems not to really care too much about, it's almost like I don't have to listen to the laws. I'm above it. I don't have to listen to what everyone else does. I can do what I want to do. That's the billionaire way. They always find the loopholes and stuff. So yeah, he he is very, um, this all could be very deliberate or he is very, uh, he acts on a whim, I think. You think so? And you think he's more he, of a whim and just like, hey, I want to, uh, I just want to buy this and I'm going to do it. Because he'll tweet something and then delete it. So he's I, I, very reactionary as well. But I, you know, he is a brilliant man. He didn't get to where he is by, you know, being stupid. So it could, could all be part of something greater. And I think it, it very well could be. And I, I also think he enjoys 
pushing the envelope to see how far he can push it before he might get a paper cut. So, uh, you know, uh, that, that's <laughs> be part of it as well. I love your analogies today. The okay. Dogecoin, because for people who aren't aware of it, like okay. Elon Musk is, uh, you know, has promoted Dogecoin, you know, in the past. And then I think um, in his tweets over the weekend was saying that, uh, oh, there's another part that I neglected to mention is that you could, he wants a subscription service. Uh, I want to say is blue premium and you would get kind of a blue check. It's not clear when you get the same blue check as others already have or a different variation. And it'd be $3 a month and you get verified. And then they keep an eye on you to make sure that, you know, you keep paying because if not, then they'll take it away from you. Now, what do you think about that for a twofold, for a subscription model? So you're not relying on advertisers. He, and one also, thing is that he said he, to do away with ads also. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what do you think about having that uh, checks for everybody? Would that infuriate the celebrities and, you know, the, uh, you know, the journalists and everyone else who has a blue check? So all of a sudden it's not as valuable and they're just like peasants like everybody else now? I just feel like all of its revenue right now is ad-driven. So I don't know that the, the, the $3 subscription would uh, be a great business model. I, I, do think it would, I do think it would infuriate the current blue check holders <laughs> if they don't get that status. Right. It becomes, hey, for three bucks a month, I can be one as well. So, so. Yeah, I'm not clear though, if it's gonna be the same. You know what I mean? If it's a different kind of check, and it's, uh, he wasn't clear on that, or maybe I just wasn't clear in understanding that, or maybe because <clears throat> I have a blue check, so I have a vested interest in that. <clears throat> <laughs> so so I, I don't know, but uh, it does think about it. Let's see, how, how many people, how many members are on Twitter? Five people, 20 people, a million people? What, what's, what do, you, do you guys have any idea? I'm not sure. <laughs> so let's say, let's say, let's say you get 10 million people to do that subscription so that's 30 million every month so that's like what you know over 300 million a year just like that and that's just 10 million then what about maybe they're and then they could probably give other kinds of subscriptions too so why not like that's almost found money i think most people for three bucks a month i mean for goodness sakes they pay everyone pays more for netflix and amazon prime and everything else why not it says Twitter has like 206 million daily active users worldwide. So, so imagine, all right, so now 20% of it just do that $3. So now you're about six, $700 million a year, just like that, with that one little change. But I guess you would have to also have something a little bit more than just a check, right? For the subscription, they probably would have to offer some other kind of service to make it, you know, to make, to pay for that extra amount. Mm-hmm. I think right now it makes like $1.4 million in U US dollars in advertising revenue. So that's not a lot. That's all that. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's... I know. It, it, no, it could be built. It, it's, yeah. in the uh, it's in the billions. Yeah. Billion. Yeah. That was just one quarter, a fourth quarter oh. of 2021. So. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I got to admit, I'm, I'm hoping that this kind of go, you know, that, 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 Musk doesn't walk away from this for a couple of reasons. And I'll be very transparent. One, I'm a big believer in free speech. 
And I wasn't a fan during the pandemic where people wanted to give different opinions and they were shut down. It doesn't matter whether they're right, left, in between, up, down, sideways, because I think personally, I always like hearing different opinions because then I can make a, a, you know, better decisions for myself. But if you only hear one narrative, you don't know. And then also it's a chilling effect. You know, if you don't let people speak freely, then you never know what the real truth is. And all, you all you're going to get is what, what the government wants you to know. And as we've seen during the pandemic, they don't always have our best interests at heart and they're not always honest with us. So that I think it's, it's healthy to have an open dialogue and discourse, even if there are things you don't like to hear or don't want to hear, but at least you know what's going on. So I think just, I think that would make us, I think that'll be better because otherwise you go down this slippery slope of losing our, our freedom of speech. And, and that's not a good thing. Like, have you guys seen what's going on in China lately? No. What's going on there? Oh my gosh, it is frightening. I, I, I sent a video this morning. I don't know if we can get it on here. Probably not. Maybe we could send it in our, in our newsletter. So in, in uh, certain places, and I want to say Shanghai, but I could be wrong about that, that complete lockdown, right? And what lockdown, and because China is so large, they have like, what, a trillion people who live in China, something like that. So they have, so in cer certain cities, you'll have like 30 million people and they're locking them down in their homes, in their apartments. And there's this video I saw on TikTok that I shared, and it's real because I've seen a few different variations where people at night picture these, picture this big skyscraper buildings, right? Pitch is black out as night, and there's some, you know, some lights from some of the windows, and all you hear is yelling. So they're just in a cathartic rage. They're just yelling and screaming out the window because they're stuck in their apartments and they're not let out. And this has been going on for weeks, if not a month or more. Is it because of COVID? This is a COVID? Oh, lockdown? yeah, this is all COVID. This is all COVID related because they, I, I don't know why, if it's a worse strain or they're just because they're authoritarians over there and they could do what they want to do. I'm not really clear, but they have people locked in their homes day and night for weeks and weeks on end. If you want to go out and get supplies, you know, you can't. They'll either be brought up to you or you have maybe a representative in the apartment building to go down and bring it up. And maybe if they bring it up hours later, it's been sitting out there. You see people are like lined up in the streets and it's, it's, it's like a dystopian movie, seriously, where you have presumed, I don't know if they're army uh, uh, personnel or law enforcement or what have you, but they're dressed in those white garbs, you know, that like, you know, the hospital kind of, not the hospital guards, like you have the headset on with the glass, you know, with, with, with the plastic in front and everything all white. It's when you see, you know, those TV show crime shows and you show up to the scene and you're like wearing all that just kind of hospital-ish gear. Hot suits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So picture that and, and just lots of them and people are waiting in line on their knees showing like their, their, their ID, their passports, their phones, so that they can go to wherever they want to go. And it is frightening. It is really surreal. And I know this seems like a stretch from free speech, but that's, that's what I, we, we, we forget sometimes in our country how fortunate we are that we can have free speech because you know the vast majority of countries out there aren't like that. Even places like Canada, if you think about it, in the UK, they don't really have the same laws we do. Like Canada, I didn't know this until there's a lot of protests there that 
a lot of the freedoms we, we enjoy and take for granted are, aren't the same in other places. So I think it's, 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 it's interesting how someone from a different country, because we forget that Elon Musk is not born here in the US, he's from uh, South Africa. It, it takes somebody from the outside to say, no, we, we, we need this free speech. We have to, we, this, this is so important to us. So I, I bet that he's not gonna walk away from this fight. I just wonder what's happening internally at Twitter. I don't know. It would be hard as a Twitter employee to get any work done when you're wondering what oh the heck. Oh my gosh. When he first, when he first, this was like a week ago, said, announced that he had uh, like a 9.2% stake. You had mm -hmm. a couple of people who worked there saying, that's it. I'm quitting. I'm out of here. And then you had a lot of people from uh, the side also saying, yep, I'm gone. I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm out of here. So it got to be a little frantic over there. Yeah, and Twitter had announced when he was expected to take a board seat that they would host an AMA session after the internal outcry, and he would uh, answer like any questions that they have directly, but I don't know if that'll still happen now that he's not taking a board seat. I know one reason was they were afraid of how he would, you know, moderate speech on, um, on the site, but also like Tesla has been accused of racism for years, so much so that the state of California is actually stepping in and suing the company. Black employees at the California plant alleged being harassed and bullied by supervisors and finding racist graffiti on the factory walls. And the Tesla employee was fired after criticizing its self-driving technology. And you know he poked fun at the trans community, changing his name to Alona after news came out that Grimes was dating Chelsea Manning, a trans person. So I don't think it's shocking that Twitter employees would have fears and concerns that, you know, this person's values might not align with theirs or the company's. I would imagine his his views won't align at all because he's definitely much more kind of libertarian. And it seems, you know, that, you know, I can't say everybody at Twitter because I don't know how it could get in their heads, but it does seem by their actions, a lot of them are very, you know, liberal and very, you know, have a more of a woke agenda. So clearly there's going to be a disconnect, you know, between the two. Um, but I'll tell you this with Parag, Parag, mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the, uh, he was a chief tech, uh, chief technology officer. And when Jack Dorsey left as CEO, he took over. He basically said, he literally said that, uh, you know, doesn't really care about the first amendment as it relates to Twitter. So, so I, it's, it's, I, I, you know, I have to go on the side of free speech. And it's, I always notice that when you don't like somebody, it's easy to just cast aspersions. You know, they're racist, they're sexist, they're this. And when I start hearing that, the first thing I always think of, okay, they don't have, there's not another argument. They don't like the person. They want it the way it is. So they're just going to slander the person, which is again, another thing I think that for the workplace, for people, that's not a cool thing. Now, if someone really is a racist, if someone really is transphobic, if someone really is anti-Semitic, that's wrong. That's terrible. That's horrific. That shouldn't be accepted at all. But when 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 people constantly bring it up, you start wondering, well, come on, are you just using that to smear somebody or is it real? And that's that's just another problem. That's a real issue for the workplace. And and you know, because it it, it silences people from talking. And that's why like this thing, it's like, a, it takes a really, I think it takes a much larger, you know, you know, picture of what's going on. 
Twitter has been in a rut and it hasn't been like innovating at the rate as other companies. So a shakeup could be a good thing with an outsider perspective. And I think Jack Dorsey, when it was announced, said that he had wanted Elon Musk on the board for a long time. See, the thing is with Elon Musk, imagine being on the board, right? Or imagine being that guy, Parag, Aguar, whatever. <laughs> and you have to deal with him. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Because for he, you know, you know, you know, he has a wicked sense of humor. He has a, you know, 80 million followers. That I, I how do you think about it. like how would you guys deal with him if he was on the board of directors or even if he's like the largest shareholder? How yeah. do you manage that? Well, you, I'm sorry, you, you could look at how his employees deal with him at Tesla, at SpaceX. You know, I mean, obviously he's, he's the boss there and you know, maybe he holds, maybe, maybe because he's clearly, you know, those are his firms and he's established as the CEO, you know, controlling those companies. Right. Maybe he's a little more staid and corporate professional than he's acting now potentially to perhaps uh, you know, take over Twitter. That's interesting. Maybe because the kind of media that, you know, the kind of business it is, it lends itself to just more trash talking as opposed to when you're building a rocket ship where you want to be really careful, you're building a rocket ship in here. You could kind of be a little bit more flippant, a little bit, you know, you know, a little bit uh, more wild. Is that what you mean, Mike? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and uh, uh, something just came to mind as far as, you know, co co comparative to Bezos. Uh, I'd like to see Elon Musk get into his, you know, uh, um, you know, human carrier on the rockets or whatever. At least Bezos, you know, had the gumption to, you know, get up and go into, you know, near space orbit or what have you. Uh, let's come on, Elon, stop sending your sports car alone up there and, you know, hop aboard yourself. Put your, Maybe put that's your what makes us smarter. Um, so you're laying down the gauntlet, Mike. You're calling him out and saying, hey, tough guy, get on the, get on a rocket ship yourself. Is that what you're saying? All right, all right, Mike. Yeah. But let's let's be frank. He's he's not um, if I understand, you know, like like race car drivers and astronauts, they gotta fit in these little tight compartments. And uh, I don't want to fat shame or anything, but Elon Musk is kind of husky. If, if you ever noticed. So I don't know if he could fit. <laughs> you know, Jeff Bezos, have you seen him lately? He's ripped. He's yeah, jacked. Have yeah. you seen him lately? So he could fit into those plays. And he's not a tall guy. That, Musk is a tall, point. big, heavy set guy. Yes. You know, so I don't know. I don't think he could get in there. Good point. Okay. I stand but, corrected. <laughs> no, no, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know if he could. Yeah, no, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, like literally, is it he'll he'll weigh down the rocket <laughs> No, he's not that large, but I could see, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, if, if I may, just if, if, getting, I, I don't know if we want to really kind of pivot the conversation to this broad-based but serious topic that you just yeah. touched upon regarding free speech yeah. and Twitter and things like that. But, you know, yes, it's a very, very complex question. And where, you know, where do you draw the line? Where do you put censorship? What came to mind with me is, uh, again, uh, um, there's a certain uh, governor of a certain southern state where there's that quote unquote don't say gay uh, bill or law that was just passed. Now, if look at that to me, that's a much more offensive and harboring free speech to the teachers where they're allowed to perhaps talk to their classrooms about certain things. 
um, you know, that's more said to me, you know, that's censorship in a way that, you know, with technology and social media and everything these days, ah. you know, everyone has a platform, you know, in the past, if someone was burning the flag, yes, you have a right to do that. Usually it's done at, you know, a, a Skokie quasi KKK protest or something, but it's quite limited. With social media now, any numbskull can, you know, spew hate, just as you were saying, Jack, but it, it's become, it's coming into the homes of almost everyone who has a smartphone and is connected to the internet. So there's really a, a lot to think about these days with, you know, rather than just say, oh, absolutely, everybody can say everything on every platform. It, it, it's well, just- it's interesting. You know, it's, it's a couple of, you know, just to unpack that a couple of things. Right. One, as a parent, there is no way I would ever, my kids are older now, but there's no way I would want a kindergarten teacher, a first grade teacher, a second grade teacher to talk to my kids about different sexual activities. Um, yes. As a parent, I just, I could, I, it's, it's not their job. I write, their job is to teach reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, history, social studies, what have you, but not talk about, um, you know, and not just sexual activities, but but really taking it to the next level. As you know, I could just speak as a parent, and I yeah, don't think I don't gender, uh, call it gender fluidity or whatever. They, I heard a term, but no, you're absolutely right. And and perhaps it used to be, I guess you know, I, I didn't go to a public school in public education, but usually there'd be a grade where there'd be a quote unquote sex education class. Yeah, what, right? they had like my kids. I would say yeah. it was kind of middle. I want to say it was like middle school Ooh. that they would have sex, uh, you know, health ed. That they would talk about, you know, these things. Where they were older, you know, a little bit older to understand and appreciate. Even then, you'd hear the kids like, you know, they come home from school, friends, and they talk about it, and be very, they would be very uncomfortable and awkward about it, weirded out by it. And that was probably, I don't know, what's middle school like? Your sixth grade, so I don't know, twelve, thirteen. I don't. I'm kind of removed from that world now, so I don't know. Um, you know, but then also to unpack it too, what's wrong with having just complete free speech? Whatever you want to say. I, our country's built upon that. So. Yeah, right. I mean, why? Like, so, so someone says something that hurts my feelings. Okay. You know, if they punch me in the face, that's one thing, right? But if they just say something, you know, that I don't like, all right. Christine, your thoughts or nodding? I think with free speech comes, you know, the need for media literacy. So that's something that we also have to teach people to decipher what's real, what's what's not, instead of just like clinging to like any narrative on any side. Good point. I, I, I agree. And uh, yeah, see that that's the problem is it seems that there's, almost like, a, I want to call, I don't know if this is the right word, but like a gullibility that because it can, you know, any numbskull can say anything, free speech, yes, it's a right. But a lot of people seem to not be able to filter, you know, to what degree, and they might take it as etched in stone and this is real and then act accordingly and, and you know, people can get hurt. So, but hey, that's human nature and, and I guess the world we live in. It's but but so let that you know but to me I, so let people say what they want I, yeah. I I rather always have someone say what they really mean because it's where you know where they stand 
you know, you know, where they say like, oh, okay, I get it. You're, you're a racist and you're a jerk. Okay. I'm glad you said it. Cause now I know, I know where you stand. I know what you're about. No secrets. Okay. You know, as opposed to not really knowing what they're thinking, what they're doing. But there's a big difference between saying it and then, you know, doing things via, you know, engaged in violence or destruction or mayhem or things like that. That's, that's different. Yes. And I don't think we're going out of a tangent because I think that's what this, 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 I think this is really where, in my opinion, I think this is really where Elon Musk is coming from. He's looking at through, I don't have to be a spokesperson, obviously, but I think that's kind of where he's coming from is seeing how this is playing out. But then clearly he's a business person and he wants to make as much money as possible. And he wants to get people like us talking about it because the more they talk about it, the more likelihood that he gets his name out there and they'll buy his car and you know other things that he's building and creating. So it's, it's, you know, it's not as if he's a philanthropist. He's really you know, trying to make money. Now, speaking of making money, have you heard about Zuck Bucks? Not really. Explain it to us. <laughs> so Zuck Bucks. So Mark Zuckerberg, you guys have heard of Mark Zuckerberg. He has this company used to be called Facebook. Are you, you guys familiar with that? Vaguely. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Small little company that's now meta. So you know, in, in, in the past, he tried to do Libra and I think Diem to have this kind of cryptocurrency and it didn't really pan out, but now he's trying again. And it's been kind of, he didn't call it himself suck bucks, but it sounds like internally they're referring to it. And uh, derisively in the media, they're referring to it as suck bucks. So he's trying to create again, his own cryptocurrency, which would be used on the different platforms. So it could be a token. So maybe if you participate a lot in some of the different Facebook groups, maybe you'll get some sort of token for that work. Or if you're on Instagram and you're an influencer, perhaps you would earn some tokens for that. And then presumably the tokens be used to buy, sell, do different things on the platform. Do you think this time will work or it's, 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 it's just, there's just too many other cryptocurrencies and tokens and digital assets that it's just not going to happen. When I first heard about Zuckbucks, I just was immediately reminded of the epic fail that was Libra. There was so much <laughs> talk around that. And then instead, I think, I don't know if it got like bought out or, or whatnot, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I wonder if it'll be like the currency, um, like once they roll out like the metaverse and that'll be like the set form of payment. On, on the games and stuff. I, I think Mark Zuckerberg would like that, but I don't, you know, I think there's something to be said about, you know, likability in a way. I mean, he seems to be very much a, a you know, a, 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 a target of, you know, discontent. And, oh my like, gosh. Right? Oh so, my gosh. It's so crazy. So like a little while back, I wrote, I wrote a piece for Forbes about the metaverse. And then I posted that article on LinkedIn and LinkedIn, as we know, is, you know, the most sedate social media site, you know, there's not the ranting and raving that you see on other, you know, social media sites, such as like Twitter. And the, I was shocked and surprised by, by, by people responding. And this is like 
I'll say five months ago now, four or five months ago. And they were basically saying, I don't want anything to do with Mark Zuckerberg. I don't care. I'm not going to get in the metaverse because he owns the metaverse. And he didn't own the metaverse. This is at a time right after he had that commercial talking about meta and creating the metaverse. But for some reason, a lot of people felt, oh, so Mark Zuckerberg owns all that. But there's, I, I knew people didn't like him, but the hate, the vitriol, the, the, the intense loathing was unbelievable. Unbelievable. It also goes to show that why there's a need for media literacy, because they just cling to that narrative that he owns the metaverse and it's completely untrue. Right? It's so wild. And, I, you know, I, I kind of figure people kind of know, okay, he's, he's building his own metaverse, but others are building different metaverses. You have Decentraland, Sandbox, Sonium. I mean, there's just a whole lot. Rove, uh, Spatial.io. Uh, there's just a lot out there. But I guess, yeah, that people don't, aren't, don't realize it. And, and then I can tell you, when we post things, Christine, we're like we post our Substack uh, newsletter, you know, Happy and Succeeding. Uh, in the future of work, if we, you know, I've noticed when we've had something about Mark Zuckerberg, we get unsubscribes. <laughs> Seriously, like we wrote like Zuckbucks mm -hmm. and we got a whole bunch of unsubscribes because I think they didn't even bother to read the article. They just saw his name and they just unsubscribe. People Is that wild? People somehow connect their, you know, metaverse uh, thing with, with this, uh, Zuckerberg and then, yeah, they are like, I don't like it. But they didn't know that like a lot of options for the metaverse nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of unlikability, okay, one last one. Last thing. Do, do you guys remember better.com, the kind of uh, fintech mortgage provider? Yeah, the CEO had fired people over Zoom and referred to his employees as dumb dolphins. <laughs> oh, that's better.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So as Christy mentioned, so you had this guy, he's the CEO of better.com kind of fin, one of the, you know, fintech unicorn companies, you know, got probably 750 million or something like that to build it. And, uh, and um, I guess in a belt tightening move, he had to downsize people and he did it in a, in a one way video. So he goes on a video and basically said, you know, if you're on this video, basically you're fired. <laughs> Goodbye. And that was it cold-blooded fired. Then they had to cut again and said, oh, we're going to do it better this time. But a lot of people found out through their bank account that they got a little bit of a severance payment, but they never heard from the company themselves. And they would just, just boom, summarily let go. And I think that's where one of the reasons he was, he was saying, as Christine was saying, calling, calling them out as dumb dolphins because they were stealing time from them because they didn't work hard enough. And one of the things I don't understand, and I don't understand a lot in this, but I thought dolphins were smart. Can you fact check me on this? Aren't dolphins smart? It's like, isn't is it like he like he didn't even get that right? Yeah, but he just employs the dumb one, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we see like any like like human beings, like all right, you know, basically I guess people are smart or whatever, you know. But, but they're dumb people. So I guess just dolphins in general could be smart, but not every dolphin is smart. Right. I, I think the, the talent pool of all the smart dolphins is now <laughs> all taken up by the US government, the Defense Department, and all that stuff. Um, 
and, and the sea worlds of this world where you know the dolphins perform tricks on, on palms. So this time around, when he fired more people, you know, he, he kind of admitted that he quote unquote pissed away $200 million. So that he he's he's chastising his dumb dolphin workers and firing them. But meanwhile, in a mea culpa, which he I don't even know if he meant to do that, kind of admitted that he, in his words, quote unquote, pissed away $200 million on spending and hiring. So, so basically, he's the dumb dolphin, right? He just made the bad decisions. He didn't allocate the financials correctly. He probably didn't have the right people in place. He didn't have any hiring strategy. And then he's just blaming it all on everybody else. That loss came before these acts or after? Could, could it have been he, he like they lost revenue and clients because yeah, of it? He just, he just uh, disclosed it the couple of days ago. Now, maybe it was in financial reports, but it just didn't make the media, or maybe I just didn't notice until then. But uh, yeah, but at the time, he didn't talk about, this was the first time he kind of said, uh, yeah, I kind of squandered all that money. And then you got to wonder, who's like watching over this place? Like, after a while, don't you, if you're like, you know, the venture capitalist behind it, or, you know, you're on the boards of director, are you going to step up and say, hey, like, what's going on here? Yeah, the same way that you would give like a CEO media training. Is there anyone giving him leadership training? You, in there? you think, right? Like, what is up with that? It, it's, it's a wonder why he hasn't been ousted yet. It's very weird. Like, what does he have on everybody else that they're not kicking him out? It's very, very, it's, it's very strange. Because, so let's say we were the PR team. What did we say to them? And, and I hear from these from PR people every day, right? They're smart, good people. They're savvy. They know what to do. You'd probably sit, you know, Christine, let's say you were the CEO. They'd sit down with you and say, hey, Christine, you can't call, you can't call your people dumb dolphins. Even if you feel they're dumb dolphins, don't say that. You know, don't, when you fire people, don't do it in a one-way video. And when you let them go, make sure you, you know, sit down, talk with them, have an exit interview, say you're sorry, give them access to recruiters, you know, help them out. Don't just, give a, you know, a little bit of a severance in their bank account and don't even bother with it, right? Like just, it's just, just a modicum, a little bit of, of some, some, you know, a little bit of empathy, but no, bizarre, right? Yeah. It's for better or worse.com. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe we are in this weird later stage of capitalism where you have these, you know, it's okay to have toxic, you know, you know, rock star kind of CEOs, despite the damage they create in their their wake. But it's okay because if they're making money or they're 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 whatever, it's okay. We'll look the other way. That's true, and that could also be connected to Elon Musk as well. Yes, and I hope you're wrong about that because it would. Uh totally, uh, you know, cut down the legs from years of progress and, you know, empowerment of the workers, empathy and all that good stuff that we've all seen, you know, come to uh, the front burner and, uh, you know, topic of conversation for the last couple of years. Speaking of workers, can we have one last, one last topic before we head out? Sure. So this is, this one isn't as controversial. So Walmart, um, if, well, to take a step back, we've kind of all seen when you go to the supermarket, grocery stores, shops, not as much stuff as usual. You know, you order an Instacart and 
then they'll text you back. No, we don't have this. <laughs> Would you like a substitute? No, we don't have that. You want a substitute? And you're looking to get a car, a used car. You really don't have much. So there's definitely a, you know, there's a big supply chain disruption. And that's one of the many reasons why inflation is rising at a, at a record setting rate. And um, what's happening in part during the pandemic, a lot of truckers quit because imagine you're a trucker pandemic. You have to leave your family behind. You're on the road all the time. You're worried about them getting sick. You know, you, you, you're going to these little diners that you don't know is safe, staying in these small, you know, not so great motel, no-tell motels, worry about catching the disease and being stuck on the road by yourself. And with the job market then becoming much hotter, particularly in the blue collar frontline space, it made it easy for them to just say, you know what, I'm piecing out of here. I'm going to get a different job. I'm not going to be on the road. I want to spend more time with my family. And I'll go into you know, real estate is hot. I'll go into construction. You know, I'll go into to work at a warehouse, a filming center, go back to school. You'll learn a different trade, what have you. So there's a, there's a huge, huge shortfall in truckers. And with the already supply chain you know, disruption, now there weren't enough truckers to get stuff in the trucks and transport it. And, and it leaves sh uh, shelves bare in these supermarkets and stores. And then also it creates inflation because you don't have enough goods and products you know, to offer. So prices go up. So Walmart took it in their own hands and said, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to just train people to be truckers. And so they have this program to train truckers. And you want to take a guess how much they're paying the truckers? Uh, I'm going to round it to $110,000. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So $110,000 for truckers. And well, what do you think about that? Not too shabby, right? Yeah, it said up to 100. Yeah. So that's like the maximum. <laughs> and then they're also um, creating like a training program. I think it's 12 weeks where they'll actually pay for like a commercial driver's license for these people as well. That's pretty cool, you know, right? Not too bad. I mean, it's it's a tough way to make a living, be on the road all the time, but uh, you know, 110 will make up for a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I read that there's like 80,000 drivers needed if we want to meet consumer demand, which is a lot. And then the, from the pandemic, it only lost 6%, but there's been a high turnover rate. And that's because people are not not leaving like the um the industry they're just bouncing from one company to another because the wages are so competitive now um within that industry and i i think also that you know a lot of the you know established long time long haulers meaning truckers uh are getting toward retirement age and there's not as a lot of young people looking to you know begin their careers in that regard not so sure the hundred thousand or hundred ten thousand would encourage more um, uh, people, but perhaps you know those burdened with student debt or uh, looking blue collar trade. You know, people looking to get into trade might consider this as an alternative. Certainly, it's a it's needed, and it's the way our infrastructure and supply and demand is built. So something's got to be done. It's Rather a way to make great money, like without having to get a college degree mm -hmm. and, and taking on all that debt. And it's way better than having self-driving trucks. How scary is that? Yeah. Yeah. 
but but you know what? Somebody's still got to be there to like load them and unload them. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I mean, uh, there may be different you know types of employment, but uh, I remember in my days of you know working in in factories, you know, during high school and so forth. Uh, even the truck drivers, once they would pull up into the loading dock of, of this this factory I worked in, uh, they're also obligated to help load and unload. You know, depending on what they're doing, whether you know receiving goods or dropping them off. All right. Hey, some good news. I finally got my video to work here. Here I am. Oh. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> a little late. Now I can't see you though, but I gotta maybe move back a bit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're outside of the room. I'm outside. I'm just getting some fresh air. I wanted to go outside a little bit. I was, I was trying to follow you throughout the whole show today and you definitely uh, had, your, had your legs going. I've, I've just been moving around. Like, look yeah. how beautiful this is. How can you not look, look at this? This Absolutely. is gorgeous, Ooh. right? Yeah. How can you not like, well, you know, just take a nice walk outside. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the scenery. Enjoy like the metaverse. Okay, so we covered a lot. Anything else that we, we, we need to cover or you think that that's, that's enough for today? I think that's good. I think Walmart is one of the few companies that instead of complaining, like we can't find workers, has like assessed its pain points and came up with solutions to like attract, hire and retain, which is great. And they're also offering free college tuition too. Yeah, I, I think I think that's gonna happen more and more where companies are gonna realize, hey, listen, we're just gonna have to, we gotta have to figure out ourselves and make this happen. Otherwise we're gonna lose people. We can't recruit people, we can't attract them. Mm -hmm. So we, we, gotta, we gotta really, you know, do whatever it takes. Hey. Before you leave, you want to try this before you head out. You want to try like this. What, what, what's, what's it called? Like in Star Trek, where you kind of go into someplace new. What's, <laughs> what's that called? Galaxy. It's, it's like a bubble. Looks like it's another uh, galaxy. Is it yeah. a portal? Is it Por a portal? Like, yeah. Let's see. Can we go into this portal? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to beam into it right now. All right. Let's see. How do you go in? You have to click on that bubble. I think. Okay. Click on that bubble. Um, okay, we'll meet you there. Okay. We'll have to mute ourselves in there too. Oh. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Well, here we are. Okay. You want, you want to try another one? <laughs> we'll jump into another one? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, I see. Okay, I'm going to jump Which into it. Which one are we going into? Um, the elbow gallery. Wait, there's a bowl gallery? Oh, yeah, yeah there's so elbow, elbow. I don't see el elbow. Uh, um, right, ne right next to the staircase. Yeah. NFT, okay, the NFT, NFT one, okay. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, what do you think? Whoa. Wow. This is nice. Wow. All right, guys, we're in a museum, so we have to keep it quiet, okay? We gotta keep we gotta keep it quiet because we're in a museum going through it. What do you what do you guys think? Someone left their coffee, guys. <laughs> Heathens. Is that a rat? <laughs> <laughs> That's NFTs gallery. Oh my God, you're right. It's a metal rat. That's bizarre. 
I wonder if you can purchase an NFT like through this gallery. Yeah, I think so. Does it say like prices on there? Yeah, let's see. Let's see what the price is on here. Whoa, I got too close. It looks like 0.044, I guess. I don't know if it's Ethereum or, or what, what it is. But it's cool stuff, right? Yeah. Wow, it's pretty sweet. Oh, that's Elbow. I see. Yeah, it does look. Wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. This must be another one, Mike. You're right. Yes. I, it looks I like Elbow. I was in the elbow, but now I joined you guys in the bow. I'm looking at the uh, looking for the price of the blue. It says blue sky artist Dean Stanton. It certainly looks like uh, the old. Uh... I clicked on the rat, and then like a glass case went around it. I'm not allowed to touch <gasps> it. You're oh, in the museum. Hey, you know what? If we were robbers, that would be the thing to get, get back into this room after hours and burglarize. If there's a glass case, it must be. I can't. I'm stuck. I'm hitting it to the wall. So we, you touched it and a glass came over it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. Oh, my gosh. See if you could click on it and then you might see like oh, a yes. glass disappear. Yes, I did see that. You know, it's interesting in these galleries, evidently, wherever you move your, you know, little hand cursor and click, it takes you to that spot. Unlike, you know, Jack's room where we had the show. Like here, I'm going to click on the, I'm going to click on the bench and it moves me right over to the bench. How come no one else is in the museum? Do we have it to ourselves? Uh, looks no. like, yeah, no one yeah, is. Looks like it. I see just four cool. people at the top. Let's get back to that rat. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it's definitely protected. <laughs> okay, anywhere else you guys want to go, or you think that's enough for today? I think that's enough. <laughs> that's my, my computer is making a like a noise now. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. You're not you're not smelling it burning, are you? No, okay. but it looks like this this uh this space has a like lot of gallery, like a lot mm -hmm. of uh, graphics on it. So yeah, it, it yeah. it's making a little. Fair enough. All right, cool. Wow. So this was the this was this was. A, a great LinkedIn Live. How huh? we talk about free speech, we talk about business, we talk about Twitter, Zuckbucks, NFT galleries. That this is this is so wow, amazing, 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 amazing. So excellent. Well, hey, this is great. Thank you everybody for watching, and 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 staying with us. And I hope you appreciate the conversation. And you know, um, we're not trying to rile anybody up. It's just I think. One of the great things about doing this is just to bring up concepts and ideas and how it relates to the business world and the workforce and, and you know, putting things out there. You could agree, disagree, what have you, but I think it's great to have these conversations. 
and and also it's cool to show things like we are now to get a flavor for what the future of work is like, which is kind of the future is kind of now. So see what's out there. And that might help also in terms of thinking of your career to say, hey, wait, this, this whole space looks awesome. How do I pivot into web three? You know, how do I pivot into virtual reality or metaverse or, or gaming or NFTs? And so I feel it's cool that we could bring these up, you know, out to you to give you some ideas in terms of where you may want to go next within your, your career. So I uh, really appreciate you taking the time and watching and hanging with us. And uh, we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye. Thanks. Bye.